BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. The Supreme Court has done something absolutely historic. And, you know, it's like this is this generational thing on display. Neil Gorsuch, actually, relatively young fella on the Supreme Court. In fact, that was one of the reasons he was picked by the Federalist Society and by Trump and his buddies to put on the Supreme Court is because he was so young, he'll be there for a long time. You know, his mother, Ann Gorsuch, was this god-awful administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency under Reagan who resigned in disgrace after trashing our nation's environment and environmental laws. And, you know, in most regards, he's a terrible guy. But the argument that was before the Supreme Court had to do with what's called Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And Title VII, you know, explicitly says... It bars discrimination on the basis of, quote, race, color, national origin, sex, and religion. Now, up until today, sex was interpreted however an employer decided to interpret it. And by the way, that applies to the federal government as well. This story from June 12th in The Guardian, keep in mind, this is before this decision. I'm pretty sure that this decision blows this up. But here was the story. The Trump administration has finalized a regulation rolling back Obama-era protection for transgender Americans against sex discrimination in health care, for God's sake. The Department of Health and Human Services will, quote, be returning to the government's interpretation of sex discrimination according to the plain meaning of the word sex as male or female and as determined by biology. In other words, your sex is, has to do with whatever, your, whatever sort of equipment you might be born with. And, you know, this is the new Trump administration policy. And what it was going to do was make it nearly impossible, for, in particular for trans people, to get health care services that they need, particularly if they happen to be funded by the federal government. Well, today in a 6-3 to three decision with conservatives John Roberts and Neil Gorsuch joining all the liberals on the court, the Supreme Court said no. Sex in Title VII, sex means gender identification as well as how you were born or, or perhaps uh, supersedes, actually supersedes how you were born. This is a big deal, a BFD as, uh, as Joe Biden says. Uh, it was brought by Amy Stevens, a trans woman who was fired from a funeral home when she notified her employer that she was going to start going through a transition. She died about a month ago, which is you know kind of a sad point. But 
She won. Neil Gorsuch wrote, an employer who fires an individual for being homosexual or transgender fires that person for traits or actions it would not have questioned in members of a different sex. So by saying that in that sentence, Gorsuch is defining trans, being transgender, as a sex in and of itself, essentially saying that that is qualified within the context of the meaning of the word sex in Title VII. You know, this is a big deal. It's a huge big deal. Meanwhile, the shark is still in the water in a really big way. <laughs> We've got, you know, while Steve Mnuchin and Donald Trump are, are passing out hundreds of billions of dollars to each other and their good buddies while refusing to let the American people know where that money is going, the coronavirus is continuing its deadly spread. It's killing over a thousand Americans today. And I will get into that in just a moment as well. In Texas, hospitalizations are up. Richard Brooks, a 27-year-old black man, shot in the back twice by a cop in Georgia outside of Wendy's, drunk and asleep in his car, basically. And it kind of looks like he, he drove into Wendy's to buy something and was sufficiently intoxicated that he passed out. If he had been a white guy, these two white cops would have said, you know, well, they would have done what they started to do, which is they said, hey, can you move your car over here? you know, over to the side. And then in all probability, they would have said something like, you know, can we call an Uber for you or a cab and you can come back and pick up your car when you're sober? Oh, and by the way, here's a ticket for driving while intoxicated. You can show up in court in a couple of weeks and either contest it or pay the fine and have two points on your driver's license. I mean, that's how it would be normally handled. And that's how they started to handle it. But then one of these cops decided, hey, let's arrest this guy and throw him in the drunk tank. And he was not all that excited about that, as you can imagine, particularly in this day and age, a black man confronted by two white police officers might be. And, and you know, he ran away. And so they shot him in the back. They had his driver's license. They had his car. They could have easily tracked him down. They could have arrested him at his house the next morning after he'd sobered up. I mean, there's so many other ways this could have been handled. And now the Fulton County District Attorney has ruled this a homicide. And it is. And so, you know, another name. Another name. In this case, Richard Brooks. Coming to the fore in America. Another dead black man. And meanwhile... With regard to COVID, which is disproportionately hitting the black community. But with regard to COVID, we're seeing all these young people out, people of all ages, shapes, and colors. And those are all, by the way, consequential things in the context of COVID. If you're black or if you're overweight, you're more likely to die from this disease. And, and of course, if you're older. But the fact of the matter is, last week, a woman in her 20s got a double lung transplant because she would have otherwise died from COVID. Right as we speak at this moment, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s are unconscious in a medically induced coma, breathing on through a machine, through a ventilator in hospitals all across the United States. And Donald Trump is doing nothing. In fact, he's making it worse. He's going to Tulsa on Saturday. We have the world's highest 
number of infections and the highest number of deaths from the coronavirus. And Donald Trump and the Republicans are trying to pretend that there's nothing going on. A few months ago, COVID hit New York City and wiped out its hospitals. Now it's starting to hit red states. Alabama and Arizona look like they're really in the crosshairs, but Missouri is picking up. Oklahoma, where Trump is going, picking up. And by the way, you know what? Memorial Day was, what, two or three weekends ago? Just a short while ago. And now all of a sudden we're seeing these infections. I remember talking about this on the air the Thursday before we went on Memorial Day holiday, saying, you know, two, three weeks from now, we're going to see what happens. Trump and the media and everybody else, you know, they're all, well, you know, uh, Denmark is opening back up. Well, in Denmark, they do contact tracing and testing. Germany's opening back up. Well, in Germany, they do contact tracing and testing. So we can open up, right, with no testing and no contact tracing. And people not wearing masks. And they're wearing masks in all those other countries. So we've got 115,000 dead people here in the United States because Trump did nothing. And I think this number is going to double in the next couple of months. Here's the meme. The mayor is saying there's no shark in the water, or if there is, he's not that dangerous. Yeah, he's still saying that. Countries that are having the worst experiences with COVID are the ones with strongman leaders who think somehow that wearing a mask is a sign of weakness or whatever. And they subscribe to this bizarre theology, and I call it that intentionally, this religious belief put forward by thinkers like, <laughs> I, I use the word thinkers loosely, like Milton Friedman and Ayn Rand, that the free market will solve all problems, don't you know? There's no problem the free market can't solve. So the government shouldn't do anything. Government should just sit back and let the free market and the billionaires who own and control most of it just take care of all our problems. And this, this I, honest to God, this is why, in large part, Donald Trump did not order the government to start making tests, you know, COVID tests, like South Korea did on January 21st like Germany did on January 22nd, like countries all over the world have done, who now have their coronavirus infections largely under control. And they're starting to open back up. I can't tell you how seriously pissed off I am about this. Louise and I moved back to Portland because all three of our kids are here. We've got, between the three of them, three grandkids. And we would love to see our children and grandchildren. Louise's mother lives right up the road. She just turned 90. She's sharp as a tack. And Louise's brother and wife, we would love to see them. We'd love to give them a hug. We'd love to hang out with them. In other countries, we could because we could all do a COVID test and find out instantly or relatively quickly if we have this disease and if we represent a threat to each other. But here in the United States, no, you can't do that. You know, this is nuts. You should be seriously pissed off. You can't be safe in the workplace. And yet the Trump administration, you know, with Eugene Scalia, Antonin Scalia's son is in charge of the Labor Department. And the Labor Department is telling individual states, if people refuse to go back to work because they're afraid of getting sick, you can fire them. And after you fire them, you can deny them unemployment insurance. 
Now, how is that not forced labor in the face of illness? But this is, this is the friggin' policy of this government. And it's based on this bizarre philosophy that, that corporations can always do. Yes, there is a reality to the fact that corporations respond to market forces. And when there's enough people who want to test, you know, somebody will come up with a test. But in the meantime, 115,000 people are dead. This is the equivalent of saying, you know, fire department here in our town, we don't need a fire department. Let's discuss this after an entire city block of homes have caught on fire and a bunch of people have died and a bunch of homes are gone. Then we can have a conversation about whether we need a fire department. The whole point of government is to protect people from harms, to anticipate harm and protect people from harm. And Trump is not doing that. Told you I was going to tell you about masks. Just, just this one simple thing, right? There's a great post over at NakedCapitalism.com by uh, Nassim Nicholas Tlaib, The Masks Masquerade. And he points out, he does the math. Masks reduce the transmission probability to one quarter of what it would have been otherwise. So if you have an R factor of five, in other words, each person infects five people, it goes down to 1.25. But if people wearing masks on both sides, if the person with the virus who's contagious and the person without the virus who's receiving the virus, if they're both wearing masks, then the drop in contagion is 93.7%. So your R factor, as long as that R factor is below one, in other words, every one person is infecting fewer than one other people, as long as it's below one, over time the virus dies out. As long as it's above one, over time the virus increases. If everybody wears masks, people who might be infected and don't know it and they're transmitting the virus, and people who are not yet exposed to the virus, if everybody wears masks, the transmission rate will drop dramatically below one. And if it does, the virus starts to fade out. And this is what, I, I mean, you see these pictures of people, you know, in other countries sitting in restaurants or cafes, you know, with their mask around their neck because they dropped it to drink a drink or eat a food, but they put it right back up. People walking down the streets wearing masks. People all, and it's not just an Asian thing. It's not just in Taiwan and South Korea and China. It's all over Europe. It's starting to be in South America. It's New Zealand. It's Australia. If the only thing Donald Trump did was say, everybody should wear a mask when you come to my rally in Tulsa, wear a mask. We could start solving this problem. But no, he's out there saying, no, that's shark in the water. He's not really there. And those people saying there's a shark in the water, they're all nuts. And if there is a shark in the water, he's not going to bite you. Brenda in Tulsa, Oklahoma says you disagree with me, Brenda. You go right to the front of the line. What's up? Hey, Tom. I'm yeah from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I disagree just about everything you're saying because you're every time you talk, you're slamming this president of the United States. If you like him or you don't, he's our president. And you slam him like other outlets do. And you tell everything that comes out of As your mouth. is my right. Terrible this on is this a president free and on his kids and everything. And you're talking yep. false about Tulsa being. The guy, Brenda, this guy is out. a grifter. He is a you criminal. Are, there you he, go. He is, there you go. He, well, he is a president. rapist. 
You want? He's our president, and he's you know, got this country together. Shouting he's over me, Brenda. My, my, shouting over. I'm just going to put you on hold for a second. Shouting over me. I realize this is how they do it on Fox so-called news. It's not how civilized people speak. I will let you speak if you will let me occasionally speak. Brenda, yeah, okay. you are back on the air. Because I do live in Oklahoma. I do live in Tulsa. And I do know what's going on in our town and our state. That all this corona is nonsense. We don't got people in hospitals. We don't. It's none of that. We have been open. We have never really actually shut. We have our cinemas open. The pools are open. People are living their lives. If you want to wear a mask, wear one. If you want to stay home, stay home. But we are still going to continue living our lives, working, doing our daily lives. And whoever, I guess, who wears a mask, are they protected? Well, then they're protected. If the people don't want to wear a mask and they want to live their lives like normal. I I get your point. People wear masks not to protect themselves. They wear masks to protect other people. If somebody around you has the virus and they're breathing or talking and you're wearing a mask, it only somewhat, it only drops your, your risk of getting infected by about half or maybe a, okay. maybe a quarter. But if okay. you're the well, person who's infected and you're wearing a mask, all the people around you are safe because you're wearing the mask. So people wear masks not to protect themselves, but to protect the people around them. It's a sign of well, consideration, then, then the not selfishness. Wearing, then people are sick should wear the mask if, they, if they're not going to spread it. Let them wear the mask. And on top of that, yeah, you're right. Uh, but the been, problem, you know, Brenda, is that is here. that for two weeks before you before you show symptoms, like flies on the ground, Tom. If if nobody's, we've been open here. Nobody's dying like flies on the ground. Nobody's stuffed in hospitals. And I think, yeah, a lot of people, a hundred thousand in the whole United States have have died from it. But I think also they've had serious problems besides the corona. And I do think that most people have had maybe the coronavirus and passed it, be like another virus, like the flu. They didn't even know they even have it too. I mean, you're going to see uh, every flu and every virus we're going to cut down. I mean, you can see that people are we're not dropping down like flies on the flu, especially in Oklahoma. And when Trump, Brenda, comes, you know how many people died of the flu last year in the United war. States? We are happy for Trump and we are we are for our president. You know, no matter who he's our president, he's got it. He's got. I, get, I get it. Not I get it. Down. You love him, not even even if down. he's raped women, even if he's oh, even if he's, you, you know, lied about his taxes and he's there a con man. Spreading gossip. I, you know, he I get it. No, I am. I am. So Brenda, these are facts. One of the outlets who are spreading this. I don't know why people donate to you for what to spread gossip on yeah. our president and everybody else and freak people out on Corona and stay in the house. You don't know what you're talking about. You're another. But Brenda, the simple Brenda, pause for a second. Take a breath. I'll say something. You can say something. Okay. That's who you are. Just you're ridiculous. Brenda, I am telling you, Donald Trump paid Stormy Daniels to be quiet. He paid Karen McDougal to be quiet. This wonderful moral guy that you're talking about has unprotected sex with porn stars three months after his wife gives birth to his child. And you think he's wonderful. I get that. Your moral compass is very different from my moral compass. You think that this guy who has done absolutely nothing to protect America from a virus that's killed 115,000 people. And by the way, last year in the United States, the number of people who died from the flu was 3,448. This is not the flu. This is killing. You had a 20-year-old last week who had to have both lungs replaced. You've got 30, 40, 50-year-olds. If you are over 30 or if you are substantially overweight, 
you are at huge risk of dying if you get this virus. It may not yet be ripping through Oklahoma, Brenda, and Tulsa, but I'm telling you, it's on its way. And if you continue to follow this guy like some kind of cult leader, you're going to end up just like the followers of Jim Jones, dead, or at least really, really sick. Why don't you let me talk? Why can't I talk? Yeah, you you had your voice. Let's 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 dissect your life, okay? Okay. Let's dissect your life like you do the like you do Trump. Let's dissect yours, okay? And let's Well, I'm not president of the United States, Brenda. Yeah, I don't care who you are. He's a man too. Let's dissect your life. Let's He's... go through all your faults. All your I bet you have closets in So Brenda, I'm curious. So many what were your objections to Barack Obama's so presidency? Clo- a scared skeletons in your closet, Mr. Democrat, hater of our president. Brenda, let's compare presidents. President, and what, what were your objections? Problems in America what? are people like you and people who Brenda? nonsense. Brenda, stop for a second. People listen to I have a question for you. Ugliness. I have a question for you, Brenda. Calm down for just a second. Like I said, this is not Fox. We can talk. I have a question for you. I'll admit I have lots of failures in my own life but I'm not running for political office and I'm not president. But Barack Obama did and was, and I know a lot of he Trump supporters were very critical of Obama's presidency. Like and so I'm wondering, Brenda, my question for you is, what did you object to about the Obama presidency that you think is good about the Trump presidency? What did you object to about Obama as a person that you think is good about Trump? Are I don't, you, you know, I'm curious. Yeah, are yeah, you kidding me? He sold our country to our enemies, billions of dollars. He's been doing crooked stuff under our government that right now you're talking you're about Trump because Trump's going to pull it out. It's called the Obamagate. If, if, if the media would at least focus on it instead of focus on every little issue to keep people's uh, whole idea in mind off the real truth on this Obamagate. Okay, so what is Obamagate? All this division and every. Oh yeah. You need to get in reality, Mr. Tom, instead of what is it, Brenda? asking for donations to publicize and make our president look so bad that you don't know nothing about. The, the, you don't the, even the, know nothing about the state of Oklahoma. Brenda, what, what is Obamagate? Obamagate is Obama and all the crookedness that was with FBI and Hillary. And, all, and you know it, too. You want to shove it under the rug, too. It's going to open, like God I said. See. The light will be shown. And you know what? You can laugh and you can get on TV and say how bad our president is because that's the kind of guy you are. And you would rather slam our president than, than, than actually lift, lift him up and give some support in this country. Instead, you're only negative. Oh, look at poor President Trump's son going to go kill baby animals. Get real, dude. Get real. Yeah. If you're going to have a- Okay, Brenda. Thanks a lot. James in Burnsville, West Virginia. Hey, James, what's on your mind? Hello, Mr. Hartman. Thank you for taking the call. Hey, uh, I found out something the other day. Our nurses at the VA hospital, they're only mm-hmm. given uh, two uh, masks for a month. Now, Trump and Kushner stole millions of protective equipment from the VA hospitals and the veterans the other day. It's five times the it's five, yeah, this five-time draft dodger has kicked every veteran in this country in the teeth. Everybody that's a veteran, everybody that's got a veteran as a family member, and everybody in the military needs to vote this criminal out when we go to the polls in November. Look what he did to the guy in the Navy. 
that Theodore, it's got over a thousand cases of that COVID nineteen now, and they kicked him out. Now I yeah. hope whoever the next president is puts him over the Navy. Thank you. Yeah, that was Captain oh, Crozier. Another, yeah, another Go ahead, thing. James. You know the uh, swamp that Trump was going to try to get rid of? Well, he got rid mm-hmm. of it. It's longer, it's deeper, it's wider, and now it's a sewer. Yeah, I'm with you. James, you live in West Virginia. A good friend of mine lives in West Virginia. His sense of it is that people are starting to wake up, although a lot of people are still just burying themselves in the Fox News bubble. What's your sense of uh, how things are going in Burnsville and communities around there? Do you think that people are starting to realize what's going on? Obviously, they have at your local VA. Well, sir, uh, a few of my friends have finally seen, they voted for him the last time. They said there would be no way they'd vote for Scrinimal again. But I've got two or three other friends that I just can't talk to them about it because they get mad. And I don't know. It's I think it's something like a cult, you know, like Hitler did in Germany. I, I really think that's what's going on. With your friends who have woken up, what was it that pushed them over the top? Well, you all know? the lies. He's told over eighteen thousand lies, and it finally sunk in that he's committed adultery on every one of his wives. He's mm. been nothing but a thief his whole life. Boy, what a day, huh? Stephen in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, Stephen, what's up? That Brenda guy was called you earlier and was so upset about how we uh, treat the pumpkin head in office. He, he really should read some history about Trump before he even ran for president. Some of the things he was involved in in business, how the United States of America, that you can't get a bank to give him a loan, how he raped his first wife, Ivana, how he's taken money from According his to their tax organization documents. and used it for his personal gifts, buying himself oil paintings and so forth. There's a lot of things. These people from addicted to Fox News need to... This guy's been around for 75 years. You you can't just judge him on the three and a half years that he's been in office. And the other thing that really gripes me is when you were discussing last Friday about a half a trillion dollars being siphoned out of the economy. What is that about? Why isn't Congress being able to keep Stephen Nuchin under scrutiny? Congress created this slush fund, but they also created a, an oversight for it. And Trump signed the bill and added a signing statement saying, I'll ignore whatever I don't like. And that's what they're doing. You know, and basically what Mnuchin is saying is I have a half a trillion dollars and I'm going to pass it out to whoever I damn well please. Keep in mind, our Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, is the guy who threw 36,000 Californians out of their homes using robo-signed and other fraudulent documents. He was known as the foreclosure king. He got rich during the Bush recession in 2008. Absolutely got rich doing that. And as a former investment banker, I mean, this guy... He's a hustler. He's a scam artist, Steve Mnuchin. And and now he's continuing this. I would bet just about anything that a good chunk of that cash is either going to Mnuchin or at least to his friends and to the various Trump organizations. And that's probably one of the reasons why he doesn't want to reveal this. But basically, he knows he has to by law. So what he's saying is, well, take me to court. And somebody will. You know, in fact, I think public citizens has already sued him. But we won't know the answer to that. The courts won't respond until after the election. So here, have a couple billion dollars, Donald. Here, have some free money. And, you know, off we go. Well, they've got carte blanche. The Republicans always seem to do this every time they're in office. They just siphon the whole, all the revenues out of our Well, that's, that's the GOP thing, you know. 
you know, break unions, reduce the income of working people, throw people into debt, you know, make it so that students can't discharge debt through bankruptcy, for example. You got a half a million bankruptcies every year in the United States just because somebody got sick. The total number of bankruptcies in Canada, England, France, Germany, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Costa Rica, the total number of bankruptcies in all those countries combined because somebody got sick is zero. Last year in the United States, it was over 540,000. This is the result of Republican policy. Keep people in debt, make it hard for them to get out of the debt. In many states, they criminalize debt down in Louisiana. If you're in debt, they actually can put you in jail and you go work in a local fast food restaurant and pay back your debt that way, but you have to stay in jail all day. And these are for medical debts. This is because somebody got sick. This is the Republican policy. Screw workers, screw the average American, and transfer as much money as you can to the super rich. Since Reagan started this scam in 1981, over $7.5 trillion has been transferred out of the wealth of average working people who used to be able to have one wage earner, raise a family, take a vacation for a couple of weeks every year, buy a car every couple of years. In some cases, I mean, I grew up in a lower middle class working class family in the south side of Lansing, Michigan, and pretty much everybody around me, all their fathers worked at Fisher Body or General Motors or, or Chevrolet. And, and, you know, a lot of them had a vacation home up in northern Michigan. They weren't fancy. They were, you know, kind of hunting shacks and things or small homes. But all that is gone. I mean, you know, Reaganism has wiped that out. We went from a third, 34% of our workforce being unionized to 6% of the private workforce being unionized right now. The wealth of the middle class has been transferred to the billionaires like Donald Trump, the billionaires who support this oligarchy. And one of those billionaires, by the way, is Rupert Murdoch, and he runs a television network on which you have people who are worth tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars, people like Sean Hannity, who are constantly telling poor people like Brenda, that these wealthy billionaires and multimillionaires like Hannity and Trump are victims somehow. And that average white people are victims. And yeah, you're the victims of, of Reaganism, you're the victims of Donald Trump, but you're not the victims of black people or liberals. I mean, really? And I make this challenge to Brenda. Brenda, I've put this challenge out here for the 16 years I've been doing this show. Nobody's ever won the, won the prize. I'll send you an autographed copy of any of my books. If you can name one piece of legislation in the last 20 years, the Republicans wrote, passed, that principally benefits working people. You're listening to Tom Hartman. This flu death thing I mentioned the actual, in the last six flu seasons, the CDC's reported number of actual confirmed flu deaths in the last six years per year has ranged from a high of 15,620 people in one year to a low of 3,448 people in, I believe it was the last year. And Yet we all hear, oh, 30 to 60,000 Americans die every year from the flu. Why are we hearing that? Well, you know, to encourage people to get vaccines. These are numbers, and I'm not anti-vax. I, you know, I got the flu vaccine last year, as did Louise. Most years, Louise and I get the flu vaccine. I'm not opposed to it, but I get it that the vaccine manufacturers are for-profit companies. And so, you know, they're, they're taking numbers that are, you know, frankly, old estimates of what it might be and, you know, how bad it might be, and putting those out as, you know, here's the number. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that the disease that is killing mind-boggling numbers of people is actually COVID-19. 
There have been over 300 people dead in Oklahoma so far. And their case numbers are starting to, over the last two weeks, have started to increase very rapidly to the point that the state public health official in Oklahoma came out yesterday and said, the person in charge of public health for the state, presumably a Republican, but maybe it's not a politically appointed position, I'm not sure, but basically came out and said that it would be a good thing if this uh, rally didn't happen. But it's going to happen. And, you know, it's in a stadium that'll hold 19,000 people. And we are now, you know, two, two and a half, three weeks. I don't recall if Memorial Day was two weekends ago or three weekends ago. But in any case, it's been a few weeks. And that's, you know, a few weeks is how long it takes for people to go from being exposed when we all got together on Memorial Day and said, hey, you know, nice to see you. You know, we've all been in lockdown now for three months. It's, you know, and so it's been three, Sean tells me it's been three weeks since Memorial Day weekend. And three weeks is about, well, a little more than two weeks is about the amount of time it takes from the time that somebody is in the presence of somebody who is breathing out coronaviruses, probably doesn't know they're infected. They may be asymptomatic, which accounts for a small amount of transmission. In other words, they have no symptoms at all if you're perfect. Or they are what's called mildly symptomatic. In other words, they, eh, they may have a sore throat or they may cough a little bit or they have a tickle or they just kind of feel eh, like crap, but not terrible. And they think, oh, I got one of those bugs or it's a common cold or whatever it may be. That's how it hits most people, frankly. And, you know, but this virus is an opportunist. It loves to go after people who aren't as healthy. And apparently it loves to go after people with particular blood types, although that and that research was reported last week, and it's much ballyhooed. Everybody's talking about it. it. It seems to have, it came out of a couple of different studies, including one that was done by 23andMe, that showed that people with blood type A were more likely to have really serious outcomes when they get COVID. People with blood type O were less likely to have really serious outcomes. To the best of my knowledge, this has not been published as peer-reviewed science yet. These are initial publications, so don't take this for gospel. But the bottom line is that this virus does kill some people. And for some, you know, and somehow, and this all goes back to, and I keep pointing back to April 7th. Going up to April 7th, in March, just to go through the timeline very quickly, in November, our intelligence agencies started warning the White House, and we sent an explicit warning to Israel, to the government of Israel, presumably to other countries as well. But the one we sent to Israel is actually leaked into the Israeli press and it's been reported in the American press, that in November we told them there is some sort of a virus event that looks like SARS happening right now in China. We're seeing it in Wuhan. And what they were noticing was all these cars converging on hospitals in Wuhan in November. In December, the Chinese government came out and said, yep, we've got a disaster going on here. We're locking down. And by the way, here is the genome of the virus. We have sequenced the DNA or the RNA of this virus, and here it is. So y'all, if, if you want to come up with drugs or vaccines or tests, most importantly, here's what you need to do that. Three weeks later, on January 20th, the first case was diagnosed in South Korea, and the president of South Korea called together the heads of 20 different companies, plus all the heads of the public health agencies in South Korea, and said, build a test. 
and build it at scale. We want millions of tests for the people of South Korea. You know, South Korea has a population that's about 10% of the size of the United States. So you would think if they had 10% of the number of deaths that we've had, we've had 115,000 deaths, they would have had 15,000 deaths at this point since their first case on January 20th was the same as our first case on January 20th, uh, just north of me up in, in the Seattle area. But they haven't had 15,000 deaths, or, or I guess it'd be 11,500 deaths, would be 10% of 115,000. They haven't had 11,500 deaths in South Korea. They've had fewer than 300. And why is that? Well, because they started testing everybody. The, federal, the government started testing everybody using these tests that were made by these companies. That same week, by the way, of January 20th, Germany, a German company, with help from the German government, took that information from China and said, okay, we've got a test. They applied for approval of the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization said, yep, that test works. And by the end of January, that test was being shipped from Germany to 60 countries around the world. Donald Trump said, we will not allow that test into the United States. We're not going to acknowledge it. The CDC did not certify that test. We're going to instead have an American company do it. But we, as the federal government, we're going to pretend it's not even there. And throughout February, the entire month of February, while the rest of the world was testing like crazy, the United States was spreading like crazy, the virus. And in particular, it was spreading through New York State and New Jersey. So that in early March, they started to melt down. And that was the meme throughout the month of March. Oh my God, people are dying in the hospitals. They got refrigerated trucks. Well, then April 7th came. April 7th was the day the front page story in both the Washington Post and the New York Times was disproportionately people who die from this virus are black. Disproportionately. And on that week, within two days, Fox News had changed their tune from, oh my God, look at this, to nothing to worry about here, white people. The White House had changed their tune. Uh, within a week, you had... You know, the Koch brothers funded uh, a Tea Party bunch, you know, Freedom Works, pushing out newsletters and things, to, starting groups all over the United States to end the lockdown. White people want to go back to work. It's only killing black people, don't you know? April 7th. Turns out it's killing everybody. This is the Tom Hartman Program. I mean, yes, it's disproportionately affecting black people, but there's plenty of white people dying of this right now and a lot more getting really seriously sick we're learning that the various states have been lying about these statistics specifically quick math the less your business spends on operations on multiple systems on delivering your product or service the more margin you have and the more money you keep NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting financial management inventory HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Just head over to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Right now, the, what we know about, well, and also Nebraska and South Dakota have said they're not going to release statistics specifically or particularly about meatpacking plants. And they're not doing testing. And the testing criteria says that if you've ever been exposed, you don't qualify for a test. Rachel Maddow was going off on this last night. It's pretty mind-boggling. So we've got at least five red states that are lying to their people and to America about their statistics. Then on top of that, we discovered that the, uh, the, the, this uh, Brookings Institute just published an analysis of what little data we have. And what they found is that high levels of high prevalences of new cases, that's over 100 cases per 100,000 people, is happening on a county-by-county basis overwhelmingly right now in counties that Donald Trump won in the last election. Of the 176 counties that have seen an increase in cases, 150, a significant increase in cases, 151 of them were won by Trump. Only 25 were won by Clinton. And the ones that Trump won, he won by an average 12% margin. 80 of those counties are in the South, 68 in the Midwest. 159 of these 176 counties are in outer suburbs. In other words, it's starting to move into the, into the white semi-rural suburbs. The Brookings Institution found that it's just a mess, basically. You know, it's just a mess. And then on top of that, we discover that the CDC has been lying to us. This uh, Brad Reed uh, over at Raw Story, a new report from The Atlantic says that the Centers for Disease Control, quote, has been conflating results of two different types of coronavirus tests. You've got the, the, the virus test that tells you if somebody has an active infection, and you've got the antibody test that tells you if somebody's ever been exposed. And the CDC has been mixing these numbers together and representing them all as if they're active infections, or maybe representing them as if they're cured infections. I mean, we, the way that they're dealing with this data is impossible to make sense of. Ashish Jha, the director of the Harvard Global Health Institute, said of what the CDC is doing, you've got to be kidding me. How could the CDC make that mistake? This is a mess. I suspect it's quite intentional. Darcy in Tucson, Arizona. Hey, Darcy, what's up? 
I work in a hospital, and I, I work in the COVID unit a lot. And we have eight to ten patients in the COVID unit. Those are all positive. We have to put on the PPP every time you go into the different rooms. But they have us wear the same N95 mask as long as we cover it up for the whole shift. And then after the shift is over, they make us put it in a container, and they repurpose it, and then they give it back to us with our name on it, you know, uh, I mean, they to use it another time or whatever. But, um, yeah, we're short of everything. I mean, they pretty much divvy up all the masks for us for the most part. We don't have a shortage of the gowns or the gloves or anything, but or the shortage actually is only of the masks, all the different kind of masks that we have. Are you concerned, Darcy, that uh, Trump and Ducey opening up Arizona is going to mean that two, three, four, five weeks down the road, you're going to see something like they were seeing in the hospitals in New York City? Oh, yeah, definitely. As a matter of fact, I keep telling my husband, this is not going to end. And all my hospital co-workers, we know this isn't going to end. It's going to keep yeah. going on and on and on because these people just out there wanting to do whatever they want to do and no masks. And I don't like going anywhere except to, I have to go to work. And I don't even like going there because of that situation. But you got to do what you got to do. You know, you got to make that living. You know, we both my husband and I, and I are essential workers, and we both have to go out and make our living. You know, and but yes, I'm very concerned that Trump doesn't care about anybody but himself. Apparently, apparently, Darcy, stay safe and keep us up to date on how you and your husband and the, and the hospital and everything else is doing there in Tucson. Thank you so much for the call. It's great to hear from you, John in Minneapolis. Hey, John, what's on your mind today? Neoliberalism has failed colossally to create a really equitable and healthy society. It's just obvious to so many people. You hear this theme over and over and over again, but the Republican Party just keeps doubling down on it, no matter how untrue it is. And well, that's because the other word for neoliberalism is Reaganism. It's from Reaganism on, and it's created such an unequal uh, society. You cannot have a democracy unless people have uh, money. You know, in other words, if they have wealth and resources to be able to exercise freedom. The only people in this society are the very top that actually have freedom. The rest of us are under an, uh, a pyramid of oppression with black and brown people at the bottom. That's it, you know. Yeah. Franklin yeah. Roosevelt said in, in his acceptance speech in 1936, he said, quoting an old English judge, necessitous uh -huh. men are not free men. You are no. not free if you're hungry. You're not free if you're homeless. You're not free if you don't have a job, if you don't have access to health care. You're not free if you want to have an education and you can't get it. These are the essential ingredients of freedom that have been adopted and accepted by every developed democracy in the world, except the United States. And the single exception of the United States is the result of one party's continuously fighting this issue, and that's the Republican Party. Period. Full stop. The Republican Party does not want you to have health insurance that covers everything no. under all circumstances that you don't have to pay for. The Republican Party does not want you and your children to be able to go to college unless no. you graduate so badly in debt that you'll take any crap job that's out there. The Republican Party does not want you to have food available to you 
if you lose your job and, and you know, everything goes to hell. The Republican Party does not want you to have housing available to you if you end up homeless because you, you, know, you missed three months payment on your rent because you lost your job. The Republican Party doesn't give a rat's ass about you unless you're making at least $400,000, $500,000 a year. And at that point, they begin to care, period, full stop. Of course, unless you know, you're, you're a member of a church where the pastor is making big bucks and will preach Republican Party voting from the pulpit. In that case, the Republican Party loves you. All they're going to support is your pastor's right to do that and not lose his tax exemption. Or if you, if you hate abortion, the Republican Party loves you because, hey, maybe you'll ignore all that economic stuff and just vote abortion. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that there's a few other ways. Oh, if it makes you feel safe or makes you feel masculine to have a gun, you know, then the Republican Party loves you. Of course, they're heavily funded by the gun manufacturers. Not that there aren't a lot of Democrats who have guns out there, but anyhow, yes, I get your point, John. You want to make a final The red meat that's offered to the people, the working class at the bottom, to just, you know, diffuse their own miserable uh, condition. The only way out of this, and history has proven this, especially modern history, is social democracy. And if, if people want to understand what the problem is, they should watch Babylon Berlin, which goes through this whole process that we're going through right now. Of course, it's a bit different because they have an aristocracy and a different history and not a strong economy. But I would never say it can happen here, and you should watch it. It's a great, great show. But social democracy, it's available on Netflix. And social democracy does actually create more peaceful, more loving, more compassionate, more just societies. Angela Davis said that the other day on Amy's Goodman show. It's just been borne out. They sold us a bill of goods. Reagan said, we're all going to be rich. Well, I didn't believe it then, and I really don't believe it 40 years later. He's essentially robbed us all. John, very well said. Thank you very much for the call. Kate in Asheville, North Carolina. Hey, Kate, what's on your mind today? You were talking about not being able to see your grandkids right in the neighborhood. How painful that is, and who knows how long it'll mm -hmm. go on. And it seems like the more people that are not willing to wear masks and follow the social distancing, that they somehow think it's personally an affront to their, their lives, how they want to live their lives. Well, My this is the con job that has been sold to them, Kate, by, by Fox exactly. News, right wing hate media, and Donald Trump and the Republican right. Party, is that somehow right. people wearing masks are doing it because they're afraid of getting the virus. No, people wear masks because they respect other people. We, other people. we respect exactly. life. Exactly. And my, my personal stake in this is that my daughter lives in Germany. Her husband is from Germany. They're living in his hometown. They're all very healthy and not nearly as concerned about this as we are because of how the, the whole issue was treated with Angela Merkel from the beginning. The fact is that I don't know when I will feel safe for either them to get on an airplane here or for me to go there. And I have never felt before like I would not get to see my daughter and grandkids. But at this point, the uncertainty is enormous. I don't know when I'll see them again. 
Yeah, and, and the simple fact of the matter is in Germany, every single time a case is diagnosed, they contact everybody that person had any contact with in the previous three weeks and ask them to go into a voluntary quarantine. And this is not police right. state stuff. This is public health stuff. Anybody can get a test anytime, pretty much anywhere. You can walk into a pharmacy or a doctor's office and get a test right now. Easy, easy peasy. And by the way, the government pays for it. It's free. And as a result of that, they pretty much know where the coronavirus is and where it isn't. And in those towns where it isn't, they're opening back up because they can do that safely. The servers don't have to worry that they're going to get that they're going to get infected. The, pa- the patrons don't have to worry. I mean, we're asking minimum wage workers. And in many cases, people who work in restaurants make less than minimum wage because of loopholes in the minimum wage law. They're making two and three dollars an hour. We're asking these people to be on the front lines as if they were essential workers so that I can have lunch sitting in a restaurant? Really? Yeah. I mean, in Germany, at least they, they know that they're safe because everybody is tested. And pretty much everybody coming into that restaurant has been recently tested because they've got nationwide testing going on and contact tracing. Here in the United States, no, no chance. You have no idea who's walking into that restaurant if you're the server. You have no idea what you're being exposed to. And people like you and me, Kate, who would like to see our kids and our grandkids, it's not a safe thing to do. You're literally taking your lives into your hands because of the incompetence or the malice. And I'm starting to think it's probably more malice than incompetence of Donald Trump and the syncopants around him. And, you know, this is the big difference between red states and blue states. The red states are about to melt down. The blue states, Kate, thank you for the call. The blue states are by and large doing okay. Yeah, they got caught. You know, uh, New York and New Jersey, they got caught early on. But what's the old saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. They're not going to get fooled again. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. I mean, here in Oregon, we're, I think we had 100 cases yesterday, new cases. That's like shocking. They're putting the brakes on the opening up here. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Defending America from the conservative weapons of mass deception. Tom Hartman here right with you. So other things in the news today, not as, you know, as if they're just kind of secondary, but wow, you know, everything that's going on. The FDA has now officially said that using hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine as a treatment for COVID-19 is no longer an acceptable off-label use. Now, you've got the on-label uses. These are what the drugs were designed for. And uh, hydroxychloroquine was originally designed to kill the parasite that causes malaria. But it also has two off-label uses. One is lupus. And I am spacing the other one. 
But in any case, the problem with it is that it causes heart problems. It changes the electronics of the heart and can cause a heart arrhythmia, which is particularly fatal to people who have the vulnerability to heart failure as a consequence of this. Well, these two off-label uses for lupus and, and the other condition, those are approved by the FDA. In other words, here's the drug. It's designed for malaria, but if you're going to use it for lupus, we're not going to nail you, Dr. Johnson or Jones or whatever your name may be. We're not going to pull your license or something. You know, it is possible and legal to prescribe drugs for off-label purposes in ways that are fully compliant with the law. Up until today, hydroxychloroquine, and this is relatively recent, of course, it started when Trump started promoting this after his, uh, his family trust invested heavily in uh, the French company that manufactures hydroxychloroquine. From then up until today, doctors and hospitals could use this for COVID patients in the hopes that it would reduce the severity of the, of the disease. Turns out it doesn't have any impact on COVID whatsoever, and it increases your risk of having a heart attack. So that's that. The FDA says no more. No more. Rheumatoid arthritis is the other condition. Thank you, Sean, for that. Facebook, meanwhile, has developed a chat product for people inside a company. It's an internal within the company chat. And it's used by companies like Walmart and Starbucks and Campbell Soup and others. And one of the features that they have is that you can come up with a list of words that if somebody uses one of those words in a chat, with somebody else, it will flag management or it will block the chat. And of course, this was designed for words that are obscene, you know, uh, the F word or the N word or whatever it may be. But um, (laughs) they, they were using, you know, Walmart hates unions, right? They were using it for words like union and unionize. Spokesman for Facebook said, well, these kinds of content moderation tools are useful for companies. This example was poorly chosen Well, it turns out Facebook, promoting the product, put together a promotional piece, an ad basically, two companies, saying, you can use this to figure out which of your employees are talking about unionizing. Facebook goes on to say, this feature was only in early development, and we pulled any plans to roll it out while we think through the next steps. Gee, you think? Now, the other thing is we know that, uh, you know, Mike Pompeo has fired or attempted to fire. I believe he has completed firing the inspector general at the State Department. The inspector general is the person who looks into crimes being committed within the State Department by employees of the State Department. And this inspector general had opened five different investigations into Pompeo and his wife for committing crimes or violating ethical norms while secretary of state. Pompeo, after he fired this guy, says, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize he was investigating me. Well, now it turns out that all the people around Pompeo knew. His number two, his number three, his number four, his number five, you know, all around, they all knew it. The Undersecretary Brian Bulato, uh, Deputy uh, Secretary John Sullivan, the Washington Post reporting, all these people knew it. Pompeo is, as usual, lying through his teeth. Meanwhile, and this is something that we should be very concerned about, you'll recall the Hoover, well, you don't remember them because none of us were alive back then, but or very few of us, but from 1929 to 1933, there were these homeless encampments all over the United States, 
And they were referred to in the media as Hoovervilles, because Herbert Hoover was president, and he brought us the Great Depression and made it worse. And so these homeless encampments were called Hoovervilles. Expect to start seeing Trumpvilles. Now, not that we don't already have them, but I would call them Reaganvilles, because our homelessness problem exploded during the Reagan era and just has gotten worse every year since then. But now, one out of five American adults and one out of three African Americans are reporting that they will not be able to pay their rent next month in July when the support, the federal, uh, federal programs and state programs that put rent on a pause when those programs expire. We are about to see an explosion of homelessness in the United States. Bill in Woodstock, New York. Hey, Bill, what's on your mind today? I'm calling to ask everyone who's listening and also yourself, Tom, to please call their governors and all their government officials and demand N95 masks. The N95 mask is the only mask known to prevent me from getting the coronavirus and from giving the coronavirus to someone else. Most importantly, it prevents me from getting the coronavirus. People should be yeah, demanding those. this. The American public deserves to ha- and needs these masks. They, they're talking about opening up everything. We need. I'm 59 years old. We need these masks. Okay, like I said, it's the only effective mask. They lowered yeah. the standard. They lowered the, they lowered the standard for, in the pandemic. All of a sudden, in the pandemic, it's okay to use a cloth mask. It should be the other way around. When there's no pandemic, you want to use a cloth mask. The risk factor is way higher now. Right. Yeah, well said. And, and you're absolutely right, Bill. And now you've got a vaccine in all probability coming in the next six months. Are we going to have enough syringes to inoculate 320 million people? Are we going to have enough vials to fill with vaccine? Who knows? Is any planning being done in the White House? best as we can tell, Jared Kushner's entire task force was volunteers from company like, companies like McKinsey who had absolutely no background in public health. I mean, it's like they're worse than useless. Anyhow, thanks so much for being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, tell your friends how to find progressive media. Please, <laughs> let's, let's shake this country up a little bit and uh, get out there, get active, or you know, get in there, stay in your house and get active. Tag your it. See you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a wonderful afternoon. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 